praise be to Yevon. Welcome to the Cauldron of Gaming podcast show, a video game show for witches, wizards, and the magical at heart who play games, listen to stuff, and watch things. I'm your host, Frankie, and today I'm joined by the meticulous Josh. I have yet to be able to dodge lightning 99 or 100 times, I think it is, right, to get the ultimate weapon. I think it's 500, right? That's right. I think so. Something absurd. And we have here today with us the imaginative Febreze. Sunday, a day for rest, but not for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How many more corks do we need for the orgy? <laughs> okay. Oh, that's no, I'm not going to that orgy. Six. <laughs> the answer is six. This week, we'll be updating you all on what we've been playing, reading, listening to, or watching. Thoughts on the new Switch. And for the meat and potatoes of the episode, we will be talking about what grinds our gears in gaming. Uh, guys, we're halfway through the year. Uh, 2021, the year of our Lord on high. Uh, we've had some good games come out so far. So we've got Returnal, It Takes Two, Resident Evil Village, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, Little Nightmares 2, Bravely Default 2, Scarlet Nexus, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and of course, Balan Wonderland, which is on our short list for game of the year, by the way. Just kidding. Monster Hunter Stories 2. Monster we got Hunter Monster Hunter Rise. Story 2. Stories yeah. 2. And Rise. That being said, how would you guys rank this year so far halfway through? I'd have to say, you know, I'm not really looking at the games itself, really. I'm looking at more like, more at like, uh, can my friends and family get their hands on a PS5 and this Xbox Series X? For us, that's a big issue with gaming right now. Uh, I can't get my hands on an Xbox Series X. It's It seems impossible. I can't even imagine a time where it's going to be possible. Mm. Fabrice, I know that we <laughs> we've even it's the same deal with the PlayStation Five for you, right? Yeah, it's it's not fun. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I but I will say, in terms of games, I'm it's a pretty impressive year so far. Yeah, can't argue with that. I'd say it's a good year. It's not like an impressive year because I think of last year and. God, we got so many amazing games last year. Well, we can't always have last year, all right? We can't always have those years. So oh. <laughs> this isn't one of those years, but it's a it's a decent year. It's not a terrible year, like 2014, I believe. <laughs> Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Could you guys give like a 1 to 10, 10 being best, 1 being worst rating so far halfway through the year? Well, I think some of the bigger hitter, the bigger hit bigger hitters have not come out yet. I mean, hell, we even have a game that hopefully is going to be amazing, and it is developed by an indie, uh, Kenna. Anyway, is that coming out this year? I thought it was coming out this year. I thought it was September, September, October, something like that. Yeah. But We're what blows about it is that it's like apparently, I mean, there's a little bit of hoopla about you know the disparity between um, the big hitters for PlayStation and the indie indie titles for on PlayStation, how they're treated. Anyway, um, my heart goes out to all you indie developers because honestly, indie developers are what's making gaming probably gaming so awesome is the indie games coming out, not the not the big titles coming out. Hey, I listed my, some indie games. Uh, it takes two and Little Nightmares two are some of my favorite games this year. Absolutely, so yeah. But just saying, and you know what, Team Cherry, we're waiting for you, man. Hollow Knight Soul Song. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, let me just note that when I said Balan Wonderland, that's not one of our 
favorite games of the year. It's, that was a just a joke. It's a failure. <laughs> <laughs> I get okay. it. I get it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys get it? Uh, I've got a game. <clears throat> Oh, world's not wanting me to talk about it right now, but I do have a game for you guys if you want to play it. This one's called, uh, is this character a thing? And we've probably played a version of this uh, before, but bear with me. It takes sure. a lot of work to think of new games every week, but. How about this? Don't worry. <laughs> if you think a game we did previously is a lot of fun, we should just do it again. You know? I think the gaming Mad Libs is so fun and Fabrice always thinks like it's the worst <laughs> thing that could ever happen. I feel like we've done it like 400 times already. We've done it twice. I know, but it feels <laughs> This is not Mad Libs. So uh, my explanation for this game is basically I'm going to give you guys a video game and a few characters that may or may not actually exist in that universe. So you guys need to tell me if that character is a thing or not. And correct oh. answers get a point, of course. Okay. You guys can obviously answer the same if you think so or not. But um, yeah, I have an odd number here. So hopefully we will have a winner in seven. Sure. Okay. Actually, more than usual. I think we have, let's see, three, six, nine, uh, 12, 13. So that's an odd number, too. Okay. The first series we're going to do. (laughs) What was that? That's an unlucky number, apparently. Is it? Yeah, so hopefully you both fail in time. <laughs> or get and don't forget nobody. Nobody's playing with us, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the first game we're going to start with is uh, Bayonetta. Now, these are actually all angels, which are enemies in the game. Uh, first one up is Ambrosia. Is that a thing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are both wrong. <laughs> no. It means immortality in Greek, and it's also an American side composed of whipped cream, marshmallows, and canned fruit. But it is not in Bayonetta. I knew that. Botulism. It's a pretty name, no? Ambrosia. It's a pretty name. Maybe in Bayonetta 3. Next one is Fairness. Fairness? Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound right. Nothing Wait, are we fair. still on Bayonetta? I think so. Still Bayonetta. Fairness. I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go no. That is a thing. Fairness are dog dragons that are on fire. Okay. I thought it meant like, you know, fairness kind of like, you know, um, is it fair that, um, you know, people sometimes, I'm kidding. I know. I'm kidding. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) How about this one? Still Bayonetta. Virtue. Yes. Yes. No. Virtue is a type (laughs) and it's a class of angel, but it's not an actual character in the game. Okay. Uh, This is the last one from Bayonetta. Sincerely and Adornments. Sincerely and Adornments. No. Yes. Fabrice is right. There is a monster called Deer and Decorations, which are faces with wings. Sincerely and Adornments is not. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to trick the one who actually played Bayonetta, but the next game we're going to go to is Heavy Rain. So just normal names here. Oh, God. Carson Blaine. Is that a thing? No. Yes. No. Okay. Carter Blake is an investigator in the game, but not Carson Blaine. I haven't played either of these games. <laughs> I, we can tell. <laughs> That's okay. I picked characters that Fabrice probably wouldn't even remember anyway. 
Like, I'm pretty sure he didn't know for sure. I'm pretty sure that was a guess. It just didn't sound right. (laughs) What about Lauren Winter? No. Why not? Yeah, why not? So that's a yes from Josh? Yeah, it's a yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Josh, you get a point. Yeah. First point. Uh, She's a sex worker whose child was a victim of the origami killer. Spoiler alert. She ends up investigating the origami killer with the origami killer. That's freaking awesome. (laughs) What was her her name again? Lauren Winter. Oh, my God. That's awesome. She was also in the amazing tech demo. Uh, Last one from Heavy Rain. Grace Mars. Sounds like something to be in that universe. Yeah. It does, but I don't think it is. Okay. Josh gets another point. Just kidding. Grace Mars is the ex-wife of main character Ethan Mars. Their son dies at the beginning of the game. Killed by the origami killer? Mm, no, by a car, well, actually. Yeah, a car. <laughs> Was it being driven by the origami killer? <laughs> I mean, it could have been. <laughs> you never find out who drove that car. Yep. Um. So this one might be better for you, Josh, because um, I know Fabrice hasn't played the series, but next we've got some picks from Halo. First one Try is my ass. Okay. Adam825. Yes. No. Point for you, Josh. Adam825 <laughs> is not a thing. What about uh, Nicole458? No. 458 as in a Spartan, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if it was a 458, that'd make her. If anybody's listening to me, I might be wrong, but I would make her a fourth generation Spartan. Possibly. I'm going to say no. Cool. You both got that wrong. (laughs) Really? Nicole, I don't remember that name. Nicole 458 is actually the Spartan officer you can unlock in Dead or Alive 4. She's canonical in the Halo series, but not in the Dead or Alive series. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Trick question. Uh, I got another trick question for you next too. This is the autodidact. Okay. Oh, is is it a thing? Is this in Halo or not? Is that a character? I, the didact is. Yeah, I'm not sure if his name is Otto, but yeah, I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> sure. I mean, I don't know. You're both saying yes. Yeah. Uh, no point for either of you. Okay. <laughs> The Autodidact is a song by Between the Barry to Me. It's named after a fictional character from the 1938 novel Nausea by Jean-Paul Sartre. Well, the didact is in Halo, though, so... That's what I told you was a trick question. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> All right, you guys, you guys are actually tied at three each. Um, we're to the final game, uh, which I think neither of you played. This is a Frankie series. This is the fighting series Guilty Gear, which, uh, by the way, advertising for Guilty Gear, Guilty Gear Strive just came out. I haven't played it, but I do want to, but I've got too much on my backlog. Anyway, we'll get to it eventually. This is uh, just to give you a hint for the upcoming choices. Guilty Gear bases a lot of their characters on rock bands, specifically from the 80s, uh, older classic rock. Good for them. Our first character is Chip Zanuff. Is that a thing? No. That sounds awful. Chips Enough sounds good to me. It might be like a ch- Chips Ahoy, but it's a knockoff. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, I'm going to say yes. Point goes to Fabrice. Okay. Chips Enough is the ninja character. Um, he's named after the bassist Chips Enough from the band Enough Zenough. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All knockoffs of Chips Ahoy. <laughs> He's a really cool character. I don't know about the band. Uh, Tyler Stevie. Tyler Stevie. No. 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 I'll give you both a point for that. Okay. Steven Tyler is the lead vocalist of the band Aerosmith, but he's not, at least the name I made up is not a character in Guilty Gear. Now, Fabrice is in the lead with five. Josh, you have a chance to tie it up or Fabrice, you have the chance to take the win here. Okay. From Guilty Gear, is the character Gallows Eve a thing? Yes. Yep. You're both saying yes. Yep. No. <laughs> Gallows Eve is not a thing, but the character Jacko Valentine has a reference on her costume to the band of the same name. She has Gallows <laughs> Eve written on her leg. <laughs> right on. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that gives Fabrice the win. Josh, you got four points, which is nothing to be ashamed about. Fabrice, mm-hmm. you got five points. You've won a year's supply of Diva Cups. So yes. all around applause for that. <laughs> No pregnancies for this one over here. Yes. What's a diva cup? <laughs> Should we uh, just let listeners look it up and let you look it up later, or we'll tell you on the break? Or should I just like say? Tell it? me on the break because I'm probably not going to look it up. Honestly, <laughs> uh, listeners, if you don't know what a diva cup is, uh, look it up online. We will leave it a mystery for you to discover on your own. Woo. Diva cup. Well, oh, but why is it called a diva cup? You have to Google it, my Google friend. it. Okay. <laughs> or wait for when we're not recording when we actually just tell you. It's like I already I'm already aware of never mind. Okay. <laughs> never mind. If it's what I think it is. So we'll let you know. Uh, okay. So we're not really I don't know if we're getting further away from being a news uh podcast or just covering stories that we want to, but I just thought this was something that I wanted to hear your guys' opinion on and that maybe other people would because it's kind of big news. Okay. Uh, the <clears throat> Nintendo OLED Switch was announced, or I guess it's called the Nintendo Switch OLED. Um, w- the thing that's important about this was that uh, we've had rumors flying about a Switch Pro model for a while now. Nintendo finally announced a new model for the Nintendo Switch, but what what ended up being reality was not matching up to what many were imagining it would be hoping for yeah so the nintendo switch oled has an improved larger seven inch oled screen with improved sound and a wider kickstand but the system specs remain largely the same aside from double the internal memory so throwing it to you guys what do we think of this and do you want one are you gonna buy one so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yep no, it's a no. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a proud owner of three switches, so <laughs> so it's you know <laughs> so I have. But here's the thing: like that, the OLED sounds like another another uh, you know you want to travel with, go around you know go around town with, right? Um, to me, even though a lot of people don't agree with what I have to say, is that to me the the regular switch is still a home console. It's not a traveling console. Um, even though you can take it out and do things with it. Yeah, that's one thing. Um, I noticed the screen's a little bit bigger. Well, yeah, that's fine and all, but I don't I I really don't play the switch handheld. I use it when I'm home on the big screen. Granted, in their defense, they never mentioned anything about a pro. People were just like throwing this in the air and that's, you're absolutely that's a good right. thing to bring up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not mad at them for that. I'm just like I 
I could have gone without mm-hmm. seeing that that uh, trailer or whatever it, that reveal. It's not often that I take my Switch out um, in portable version, but I do occasionally, like when I get an oil change or when I need to, like the DMV when I when it's somewhere that I just need to sit and wait or be in line, things like that. But this doesn't convince me that I need that. It, right. it just seems like it, it would have like a wider color array and the screen would be more brilliant and bigger, but I don't use the sound from the switch. I use headphones. So first off the, the improved sound quality does nothing for me. Second off um, the wider kickstand does nothing for me. Cause I don't put it down on a table and then play it. I hold it in my hands mm-hmm. and I use a satisfy handles to make it more comfortable uh, specifically because I own if I'm if it's portable I'm just playing it in my hands I don't I don't really go to parties where people are like oh man you have a switch let's all play Mario Kart and then we just like put it on the table or something it's, it doesn't work like that so like this no. this just does nothing for me um, especially since I heard that uh, the switch when you put it in handheld is like 720p and then on the screen it's like uh, 1080p and that's the same with this one so it's like what what really is the benefit of getting another? We have two switches in our household, so it doesn't really seem like we need a third because the ones we have already just do what they do just fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the screen size is already fine. It's perfect for me. I don't. I think having it a few inches bigger, that's, it's nothing mm-hmm. really. I will say the color, the color for that uh, OLED, the white, yeah, it's really, it's really pretty, but not enough yeah. you know, to spend three hundred fucking dollars. I'm trying to get my PS5 and my fucking Xbox. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time for a Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's still a chance I might get one. Only the reason why I say that is if like you know they make a special edition Switch that I like and I want to get it. Maybe True. I might get it then. Uh, but who knows? Like, the only next the only the next edition next like special edition I see coming out is probably something for Breath of the Wild two. Oh uh, yeah. Um, but I don't know about any other games are going to have any special edition consoles launched. You know, I don't know. Uh, Skyward Sword Remastered has a special set of Joy-Cons releasing that are gorgeous, by the way, but mm-hmm. no new Switch with it. Um, this is the controller I use for the Switch. <laughs> uh, for uh, listeners, he's holding up the Switch Pro controller, which is the exact same case with me. That yeah. The Switch Pro controller is so nice. Yeah, so nice. Right. Um, so I'm actually thinking about getting the Power A uh, switch, our switch controller. I Scott. forgot you had those Lovebirds, by the way. So uh, yeah, they just woke. They just woke up. <laughs> they were sleeping. Sorry, it sounded like, like the I, kiss I did woke them up. <laughs> no, I think it's just because I got excited when I picked up the picked up the controller. They like feed off my energy. It's crazy. It sounds like they're yelling at you. They seem really upset. <laughs> they're not. They're not upset. <laughs> For listeners well, out there, uh, Josh has uh, lovebirds that we do discuss and explain in the previous episode. So, for more information on that, go back to episode twenty. Oh, update on that. You guys were wondering why lovebirds are called lovebirds. So. It has something to do with how when when they with usually when they're in pairs when they're sleeping they kind of either wrap their kind of like wrap their heads together and it looks like a heart kind of. That's cute. so cute. So um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's so, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love it. No, and here's something crazy. I never seen them do this. This something happened to this happened today. Um, so the owners that I got the birds from they actually use. Uh, I think I said this in the previous episode. They use bird bath dishes for like the food and the water. 
Well, today I got to experience the birds using the water, their water dish as a bird bath and got water everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And when they get mad, they actually make a clicking sound. We just, that's what I've noticed. They make a clicking sound. I don't know why our cat does this, but she kind of does a similar thing because we have two water dishes, one for the cat, one for the dog. And she'll go in both of them and just put her paw in and just scoop the water out. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've and seen it, I've seen cats do that. I've oh my seen God, cats also move. put their pet there, put their paw in the water and then take it out and lick it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, when I see her do that, I yell at her and then she just sticks her nose in the water and just drinks it like normal. She knows what she's doing. she usually does it to uh sheena's bowl like it's usually after she's been in the litter box did her business and she goes downstairs and she just puts her disgusting shit paws (laughs) in sheena's water i'm like you know what you're doing your water is closer and you could have went to your bowl and did that but you just keep fucking with this dog (laughs) now before we move on um i do want to throw it out to listeners that our cat no our dog is named sheena and our cat is named ringo so if you understand that reference, please email us at thecauldronofgaming at gmail.com or at Cauldron Gaming on Twitter, because mm-hmm. we tell people, this is Sheena and this is Ringo, and it's disappointing that nobody gets it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember why they're called Sheena and Ringo, honestly. Maybe I'll just say it. Sheena Ringo is a <laughs> Japanese artist that we really like. <laughs> okay. well, my birds have an, a, a group name. They share the same name. Called, they're called the Chicken Nuggets. So there's one called chicken and the other one nuggets. Oh, nope, they're both called chicken nuggets. They don't nuggets have is such a cute name. They look so similar. They don't have individual names. I'm convinced when we get our next dog that I, I hope it's a girl and I hope we can name her ladybug. Cause uh, once I heard that name, I thought it was so cute. <laughs> anyway, we can move on. <laughs> Let's go ahead and update everybody on what we've been ingesting digitally. Uh, as in gaming, music, movies, TV, etc. Josh, yes. give us an update. Cool. Start with video games. Uh, I haven't been playing a whole lot of video games, actually, but so I can mention only two games, and they are both Monster Hunter games. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise <laughs> and Monster Hunter Stories, too. That's it. <laughs> uh, not much to say other than uh, if you guys have a Switch, check out. I mean, both these games, both these games are reasons to own the Switch, especially if you are a Monster Hunter fan. And uh, I won't go too much more into that. And as far as uh, watching stuff, I did decide recently to watch. Um, oh, Tomorrow War! Watch Tomorrow War. Oh, really? The, <laughs> you the say only... that? Like... <laughs> no. Like, it, it, the funny thing is, like, it looks interesting. I don't like the title of the movie, and I don't like Chris Pratt. So it, that's kind of what's keeping me from watching it but if you liked it and have a reason that it's cool then maybe i'll give it a chance but watch it yeah. it's for the if you watch it for anything watch it for the monsters but i do personally i do like the relationship that chris pratt has with another character that, to me it kind of made me feel things in my heart and fun stuff but it is it, it's see it's a fun movie to watch but it's also people I've classified it right. It's a good and a bad movie. You have to watch it to see what flavor it is for you. But for me, it was the monsters. And I guess if I watch it, I could always turn it off. That's true. You <laughs> You're not watching stuck it. watching it like, yep. like in a movie theater where if you walk out, you just feel like you wasted money and it feels like you should just sit there and endure it. Which I've actually, I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie. I have. But <laughs> what was it? God, God. What was it? Ah, oh, shut up, bitch. 
You know what? Because I can't remember what it is, we'll say that I didn't walk out of a movie. I could have swore I walked out of a movie once. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, mean, it's, I just can't remember what the name of the movie is. I might as well say I didn't do it. Was uh, this recently? Or? No, this is... Uh, I would, if, 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 I, if I did do it, it was probably six, probably six, seven years ago. I mean, we did walk out of a movie, but it was because the film like got ruined and the movie stopped and they put the lights back on so that's the oh, only reason that it was sense. uh it was when my parents took me to see the original star wars trilogy when they re-released them in theaters i think was it was a cool maybe. experience for me yeah that was an awesome experience for me oh i know right <laughs> so cool <laughs> midnight do that again but yeah one of the times we went to see one of the new not one of the original uh, theatrical releases for Star Wars. The film was ruined, and the screen went black, and they put the lights back on, and just handed everybody a free movie ticket as we walked out. Okay. <laughs> oh, the, so I also watched uh, the new Gundam Hathaway, Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway on yeah, Netflix. We, we were looking through Netflix, and I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, Anne Hathaway has her own uh, spinoff on Gundam, <laughs> right?" right. <laughs> No, just a little bit of background. People don't know how Hathaway is. Hathaway is the son of Noah Noah Bright, who is the uh, original. He, or he's the cat, the commander, or cap, the captain or commander of the white base from the OG Gundam. I almost thought you were going to say, for those of you who don't know who Anne Hathaway is, uh, she has appeared in Les Misérables. Uh, she also was in The Devil Wears Prada and. <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry, go on. No worries. Uh, it was a good. It was a fun experience. Uh, if you wanna, if you for some reason want background on like what's going on in Hathaway, you could you know, to get some idea because they do make some references to the movie I'm about to mention, which is Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack, which is also available on Netflix to watch. Um, Char, Char's Counterattack is an excellent film, so I would recommend both Char's Counterattack and Hathaway as well to watch. Now, do these movies match up with the quality of? or series and movies, do they match up with the quality of classic Gundam or are they better or worse? Hmm. Well, it depends. Cause if you think if you're talking about animation quality, I would say they're superior to the OG Gundam. Obviously. Sure. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, as far as storytelling is concerned, Gundam is not known for its storytelling, but mm. it, however it, it, but it, it is known for the machines. And even though the storytelling isn't like super amazing, it's still like rememberable. Like you can still remember the events of what's going on. So it's like, as far as lore building is concerned, I think it's actually very good. Even though I'm not gonna get too into it, it's hard to follow Gundam, Universal Century Gundam. It's very hard to follow it. Would you say yeah. that this is a good starting point for people new to Gundam, or maybe just like a good standalone point for people who? Yeah, yeah, you can watch it as a standalone, and there might be some references you may not understand where they came from. And if that's the case, and start with Char's counterattack. Uh, but you can also watch, I think all three of the Gundam, OG Gundam movies, original Gundam, are, there's three movies available you can watch on, on Netflix as well right now. So you can watch OG Gundam. It's just not the, what is it? I think it's like 50 or, I don't know, one. I can't remember how many episodes Gundam has. It's stupid, a lot. <laughs> the original Gundam. But you can watch it in a condensed format in three movies on Netflix Basically, Netflix just kind of like, let's throw as much Gundam as we can on here for people to get ready for Hathaway. I keep putting it off, but the first Gundam I want to really get through and finish is 08 MS Team. And maybe Such then one. Wing after that. Okay. Well, I like how you mentioned Wing because I'm actually watching Wing now. 
rewatching. I'm assuming I'm rewatching. It's like the fourth or fifth time I've watched Gundam Wing, so I don't know. I can't remember <laughs> how many times I've watched it. I'm watching that one again, uh, and then also to to round this off, I did start watching the Resident Evil uh, sh- uh, anime on Netflix. It just dropped. Like I want to say, I don't know, was it yesterday or I'm not sure. Thursday. 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 Okay, and I've got to say. As somebody who doesn't know a lot about, who actually knows almost nothing about Resident Evil, I still think it's very fun to watch because at least some characters jumping on, I know, I recognize their names. Like, um, what is it, Claire Redfield and uh, what's the other Lee, not, yeah, Leon. Leon Kennedy. Yeah, Leon Kennedy, and I like Leon Kennedy. I like his character in this in this show a lot. I'm glad you brought that up because we finished it. We watched it okay. all in one sitting. Um, okay. And personally, I really liked it as a fan of resident evil but um do you mind me throwing it to fabrice probably sure, uh, even please. a bigger fan I of resident should, evil I, than I, am? I would say that i'm done updating everybody yeah i would say yeah oh okay right. uh, yeah let's start off our recap then with fabrice with his thoughts on resident evil infinite darkness how far did you get by the way josh um uh, i think i'm i think i watched up to episode either i think i just watched two episodes so far that's halfway it. through okay <laughs> yeah I'm halfway through already. <laughs> yeah, there's only four episodes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's about Sorry. the length of a movie. That's, that's okay. why we're able to just binge it. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, Fabrice, uh, to you. Uh, what do I think about it? Um, mm-hmm. I liked it. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, I'm uh, one of my favorite characters on Resident Evil is Claire Redfield. So it was nice to see her on it. Although her part wasn't really... She's kind small. of like a throwaway character. Yeah, she's just mm-hmm. kind of there. But I don't know. It this made me do like it. I did like Leon a lot more. Uh, with this one, usually I'm kind of over Leon and seeing him so many times. But they kind of changed him up a little bit on this, so I was I was appreciating that very much. That's much to my chagrin because Leon's one of my favorite characters, and Fabrice always uh, makes me feel like uh, that's the wrong decision. <laughs> oh, stand up for yourself, bro. Sometimes I do. Sometimes when you get knocked down, it does suck, but you got to stand up for yourself. I'm loud and proud, a Leon Kennedy supporter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like that. If you want to talk about the plot and whatnot. Unfortunately, you can't do that. Uh, I could give the basics, but honestly, like I'd say even anything's kind of like a little bit of a spoiler, but what my general thoughts of the series were that I thought it was really good. Um, The animation is okay, but uh, still beautiful. I think I think uh, it looked beautiful, but I thought like sometimes I was clocking characters walking, and I was like, that... I think we've been spoiled <laughs> with Pixar a little too much. Yeah, yeah I, I did. Huh. I did like, notice some interesting. That's, uh... that's not how people walk, but that's okay. It's like little things that you could just let go. But uh, I'll pay I'm... more attention. So so far, I'm actually impressed with the animation style. But it's for not it bad. Is. It's not terrible. Yeah. It's just little things that like I noticed, but. Overall, I think they did a good job. I think the writing was, um, I really liked the story because you think of the Resident Evil movies and I just think of them as garbage. But this one, um, like the actual Japanese movies that are based on the actual characters from the series and the actual storyline that's happening in the video games are really Mm -hmm. great. And this one really has like a lot of mystery and a lot of twists. Like after every episode, I would look at Fabrice and I was like, what's going, what's going on with that? Why did those characters do that? Like, what, what do you think that is? Like a lot of cool mystery and uh, twists going on. And I really, really, really like that. I like being kept on my toes and 
like feeling like I, I, I got to keep watching. I got to, I got to know what this is about. And that's about like, what is, what is this? And it like kind of at the end was like wrapped with a nice bow and everything was resolved and I got all my questions answered. So overall, oh, okay. I thought it was successful and I really liked it. I mean, personally, I kind of feel that with what you know, Netflix produces a Capcom adaption, it's pretty good. Even with people who are dogging on Dragon's Dogma, I still think it was a good a good Capcom adaption. I forgot they did that. <laughs> yeah, they did. I liked it personally, but then again, um, I'm not that. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily super hard to please because, <laughs> well, life's hey, we got one life as far as we know, and <laughs> well, they're also just... known for uh, their other video game adaptations where. Um, technically the witcher not technically the witcher i mean because it's based on the books but there was a big video game franchise based on those books too and then people rave about castlevania which i still need to so amazing watch. yeah i love i love it yeah oh um, <laughs> castlevania so freaking awesome <laughs> <laughs> i guess the other update that um Definitely Febris and I have a lot to say, but we're just not going to spoil it for people is we're still watching the weekly installments of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 6. Um, For any RuPaul's Drag Race fans who maybe had second thoughts about the casting for this season, because it's a lot of queens who are kind of not as noteworthy or big stars from their seasons. um, The casting was perfect. This is one of my, I've decided this is one of my favorite seasons of Drag Race, period. Like there being 13 seasons now and six all-star seasons, not to mention all the international seasons they've done. This is one of my favorites so far because it brings girls who I didn't necessarily, didn't necessarily like or actively disliked before and turning them into people I love. And I'm sad to see them go or excited to see what they're doing now like this it's turning all my expectations on on a head and like um or like on reverse and becoming such an impressive season I, I fucking love what they're doing they the last challenge was um each each of the contestants picked um a famous uh musician who did a super bowl um halftime show and then they're recreating it based on rupaul's um one of RuPaul's songs. So it's like back to back to back uh, famous halftime shows with a fictional song. And they were so incredible. Like Beyonce was really cool. Lady Gaga was really cool. Carol Channing was hilarious. Um, I'm talking too much, Fabrice. I know you love this season too. So tell me what you think about it. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with you. This is probably one of my, I don't know if it's one of my favorite seasons, but one of my favorite all-stars. Uh, I guess the whole purpose of an all-star is just to kind of see their growth uh, aesthetically, mentally, emotionally. Redemption. How they've grown ever since their last season. Sometimes they've had a good impression on their season or they left a really bad impression. Uh, For the girls on this season, two of them I liked on their season and the rest I couldn't stand. And now that this all-stars has been episode, what, three, four? Four. Like my, 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 my thought process has changed. I like a lot of these ladies and I don't know. It's just, I like seeing growth and sometimes they don't show that they're kind of the same person. So there's definitely change in a lot of these girls. I I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a good season. Good time. Good experience. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we're not going to, 
the only way we would give spoilers or actual in-depth thoughts is if we do like a, a standalone episode with spoilers, which we're not going to do here. So uh, the only other thing that we've really been watching show-wise has been the newest season of Hell's Kitchen. Um, it's no secret that we love stupid reality TV sometimes, and this has been our newest one. I think it's season 20. Uh, this season, they've chosen to do only contestants in their early 20s and I'm not sure if it was a mistake or not because everybody sucks and I hate everybody but I love the drama of all of them being really shitty at cooking <laughs> uh, uh, Gordon Ramsay kind of seems like he regrets kind of having this as a as a show meaning young it seems like they're in school again culinary school and he has to teach them all over again how to not put out raw meat and how to fucking cook, how to how to do. How bad is it? How bad is it? People cooking like they're not how to they, raw, they're not, chicken. raw chicken. They don't know how to handle. They, even I'm not. Even I'm not somebody who likes to cook a whole lot. But even I know how to handle meat. That's what we were saying. Like we're not the best. I mean, we cook, but we're not like trying to be like these culinary experts out right. here. But God, we know how to fucking cook mm-hmm. a chicken. We like, we're. Every time we cook chicken, we're terrified, but we've never really ever served raw chicken to each other. Raw chicken every episode in this season of Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> oh, is it because maybe maybe it's because they're under it's like they're so much under pressure they're not like so, you know you have to give you have to it's stupid. I'm, I'm about to say something very stupid, but you just have to give chicken like you're frying chicken on in a pan. You have to give it plenty of time because obviously if it's a thick piece of chicken. And you have it stuffed with something, it's going to take a while. Plus, you might want to put it in an oven instead of frying it on a pan. I, <laughs> you might be right uh, under pressure, but they're also like all in their early 20s. The season is called Young Guns. So specifically, it's like really young chefs. So I'm I'm not sure what's going on with that. But uh, okay. I, I do love them being yelled at and like all the drama that's happening. But usually I can pick out favorites in seasons of hell's kitchen. And that's not the case this season. And uh, for listeners out there who don't know what hell's kitchen is, it's a competition show with about 20 people, 10 boys, 10 girls, or half and half. And they split into teams and then they each operate a side of the kitchen in this restaurant called hell's kitchen. And they just do dinner service um, for the restaurant. And this is the 20th season. It's a very popular show, um, but they, they don't only do that. They also have to like prove their culinary skills with other challenges, like custom dishes or taste this and guess what it is, this and that. It's uh, it is, it's an intense show that we've really gotten into, but yeah, this season is a, a mess. <laughs> I'll laugh. I'm like, hmm, you know, I'm going to try to make something that's not a recipe and then grab all the stuff for it to make it and then find out, oh, it actually is a recipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I didn't make my own thing. <laughs> and don't you dare put canned tomatoes in your recipes or you will get yelled at oh. oh really okay i mean no i mean usually i mean i've worked in produce and i've handled i've been i've worked with meat i know how to i know how to make a fresh meal i'm sure you could cook well, it except for, you know, except for oh yeah i definitely can oh yeah i definitely can <laughs> i actually go i'm very proud about being able to fry a piece of chicken on a on a pan <laughs> in a pan i mean not on it in it <laughs> I guess on that's it. it for uh... <laughs> on it. No, it's in it. If it's in it or it's on it. Prepositional phrase, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Any other shows or movies you could think of, Fabrice? Hey, I feel like we watched a movie recently, but I can't think of. Did we? What it was? Well, Maybe we... I'm thinking of Resident Evil because it felt like we were watching a movie. Yeah, uh, it might as well. You know, each episode is like what twenty some twenty 30 plus minutes. minutes. 
Yeah, that could have been a movie easily, but okay, like a two-hour movie right there. Well, as far as games yeah. go, um, I've been playing a lot of Scarlet Nexus. Uh, I'm almost to the end of half the story, so I started as Yuito, the male character, and I'm about like 25 hours in, and I feel like I'm getting to the end. It's getting a little hard to beat the game for me, just because I don't know what's happening near the end, but like it's it's fallen into this pattern of story, little bit of battle, and then rest period. Story, little bit of battle, and rest period, where I would prefer uh, lots of battle, lots of gameplay, and then story, and then lots of battle, and then story. <laughs> Because the rest period is basically you bonding with all your characters. And of course, I have to do it. I have to like get all these conversations in. But then it kind of, it's starting to feel like a chore because I have to talk mm-hmm. to all my characters and get all these like little story moments. And they're giving it to me back to back to back with like just little gameplay and little story in between. So it's it's getting frustrating near the end of the game for sure for me. Have you played all through Code Vein yet? No, I, I played about four hours of Code Vein and I really like it, but... Um. Yeah, Mass Effect and uh, Scarlet Nexus kind of took over that for me. Okay. I I like Scarlet Nexus a lot. I I really like. The, I think the gameplay really shines and is a standout um, this year for sure as far as games play. But it just doesn't give you enough gameplay. Uh, it gives you more like a filler. Um, more on that later. Uh, things that I don't like about games. Okay. So uh, even though I feel like I'm at the end of the game, I'm just kind of getting distracted by other things because it's 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 frustrating to have to do this like it almost feels like i'm doing chores now when i'm bonding with characters (laughs) so funny Funny you say that sorry (laughs) (laughs) so what i have been getting distracted with is uh super bomberman r went on sale and i've been looking at that game for a while now because i love bomberman but that one was uh playstation 4 okay uh I'll check it out. It didn't it didn't review well, but I I've always loved Bomberman, so I've been going through the story mode on that and kind of just skipping the story segments once in a while because the story's nothing nothing worth writing home about, but the gameplay, I love Bomberman gameplay. Um I guess again, my my catchphrase is for listeners out there who don't know what Bomberman is, it's like kind of a grid-based game where you lay bombs that explode in four directions and that's basically how it plays. Um, the story mode gives you gives you um, goals like press four switches or defeat all the enemies, and it's like dumb fun. It's it's really great, and I really like it. Um, and I beat it, so now there's really not much left for me to do with that game except go back to Scarlet Nexus. Um, but the last thing I did with that game, which I was doing right before we recorded uh, earlier today, was just playing um, standard four people battles with the computer. And I was having fun with that, but <laughs> I can't win it because I'm not a master at Bomberman, but I love Bomberman. And so I'm enjoying Super Bomberman R. So hmm. so for people out there who were dissuaded by the bad reviews, um, if you like Bomberman, you're going to enjoy this game. So just go ahead and get it. It's really cheap now. <laughs> I'll check, I'll check <laughs> it out for sure. I haven't been on PlayStation. I feel like it's been like maybe a week and a half since I've been on PlayStation. It's online too. I'm afraid to do that because I'm already bad against the computers, but you could do oh, multiplayer online too. They already have. I, don't know, I know I recently downloaded a Bomberman, but I think it was like free or something like that. Yeah, I think it was free on uh, for PlayStation Plus members. Oh, well, maybe. Maybe I missed out. Okay. 
No worries. It was it was it was like ten dollars or less for me, which was totally worth it. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Fabri said he'll play it with me multiplayer eventually. So that's good enough played, reason for me to play the PS One version we, that you have. We used to play Bomberman on PlayStation One, which is the same exact thing. So yeah, <laughs> it's that, but with more cool characters. Uh, like you can play as the nurse from Silent Hill or Pyramid Head. Solid what? Snake, Solid so Snake cute. is in it, and <laughs> Alucard from Symphony of the Night. Uh, yeah, there's awesome. a lot of cool characters in it. So okay, Alucard that's putting bombs down on the ground to kill people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Pyramid Head instead of walking around trying to hit you with a sword, he's putting bombs down. On the ground. Yeah, he still drags his sword around, but he. Duffy? Oh my god. <laughs> And uh, for for people who know of this great game, um, Anubis, Anubi, uh, Jehuti and Anubis from Zone of the Enders are on there too. Are so. you serious? <laughs> I'm yeah. going to buy it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's totally worth it, I think. It sounds like a lot of fun. It does sound like a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, for sure. Uh-huh. And when we have you over soon, uh, all three of us can play it with one computer opponent. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Or if it is online, you know, we can always play online and play against one a fourth person who's probably better than all three of us. Sure, yep. we could do that too. <laughs> that sounds accurate. <laughs> but uh, that's it for me, honestly. Like I've, I've, I was really obsessed with Scarlet Nexus, and then getting towards the end, I was getting less and less interested, and got distracted by Super mm. Bomberman R. So that's you have been... to finish the fight. I know. And the thing that's kind of shitty about that is once I beat it as Yuito, then I have to go through the game as um, the other character. Cause you Sonic, have to? I don't have to, but I want yeah. to because I like okay. the game a lot. And there's a lot of story <laughs> elements that she has that get mentioned in the story but aren't explained because she has a different story. So That, that reminds me of a game called uh, Tales of Symphony. Uh, Tales of Symphony. Tales of Symphony. Uh, tale, uh, tales, no, Tales of... Uh, Zis, not Zisteria. Tales of Zillia. <laughs> Zillia, is it Zillia? There you go, Exilia, yeah. Yeah, Exilia, yeah, that one, that one, you know, I think it's the second game that where you can play as two different characters. It's the first one. Is it the first one? Okay. I mean, yeah. I personally, I just, I just heard about those games. I do own them, but I haven't played them yet. I played the first one. I didn't play the second one. Okay. I like the first one a lot. Tales like of Arise, guys. Tales of Arise. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, yeah, honestly, that's all I have to say. So let's move on to our last segment before we take a real quick break. Um, this is our Cauldron Music Picks. So every week we pick some songs and add them to our public playlist on Spotify. The link for that is available in the description below. But I'm going to start with Josh to okay. uh, give us our first new song for the playlist this episode. Right, guys. This song is called Speak Easy. Like you're speaking to somebody, but you're being, it's easy though. Anyway, Speak Easy by mason air think of mason or is it, i can't i this word is it mason or is it mission air mission i <laughs> i can't i don't know like i'm looking at it and i'm like i don't think i know how to say this um it's spelled m as in michael a as in apple n as in nancy s as in sam i as in igloo o as in oscar n as in nancy a is an apple, I is an indigo, R is an Robert. Y is in Yolanda. Y is in Yolanda. <laughs> really, really. Um, it sounds like I mean, Mansionaire. It's probably Mansionaire. It's probably how you say it. Anyway, I've been listening to it like a handful of times, just trying to make sure I kind of get an understanding of it. 
got two twists on it. I've got what I heard from the song and what I got out of it. And um, what I heard from the song is that it sounds like they're, this person is, has a, they're like in a, I don't know, they have some type of an interesting relationship with someone, but it's somebody that they don't want to lose touch with. And it's probably like a, a tough, tough person to be friends with. And so they want to just, you know, basically just keep a dialogue with that person, but, you know, keep it civil. What's, uh, what genre of music would you say? Is. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh it's alternative. Well, here's the thing. I hate it. Alternative, which doesn't really help because alternative is whatever is. It could be a lot of times. Exactly. <laughs> um, to me, it's, I, I don't know. I want to, God, I want to say it's, to me, it's like very uh, easy listening. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> you, all have to, you guys will have to listen to it to get, get to, for you to figure out if it's what it is to you. <laughs> to me, it's just easy listening. Link um, below in the description. There you go. <laughs> Give it a listen. <laughs> right. The other thing I got out of it was just like I'm not going to go into personally what I've been going, what I've been having going on, but it's just uh, learning how to speak with people who can easily misunderstand you. Knowing that if you have a serious problem with somebody or a certain situation, that it's best not to go in with guns blazing. It's best to go in calm, collected, ears open. Ears open. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and that works for both parties, honestly. So not just, not just the, you, in my, in my case, me going into a conversation with certain people and organizations. <laughs> be you, be yeah. kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, stand up for yourself and be prepared that if you're fighting against a bigger enemy or bigger opponent than you, that you're probably going to get knocked down. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> Well, thank you, Josh. I'll be sure to add that right away. Uh, right so on, right available on. to everybody out there. Uh, yeah. Feb- Fabrice, what's your pick? What's your cauldron pick? Oof. Um, so Spotify always offers really cool Discover Weekly. So I like to listen to that and try to get a feel of what they think I like. Sometimes they're really off or sometimes there's a good week when I have like really good options from um but this song I got from one of my Discover Weeklies is called Oh Lord A Forward Slash DC Equals. A Lord. What DC is that the song titles? Yeah, A Capital A Forward Slash uh, DC Equals Equal Sign, and it's featuring Mid Air Thief, and it's by. So Yoon, so it's spelled S O exclamation point. Oh my God. Y O O N exclamation point. Damn. <laughs> I was like writing it down for my notes and I just stopped at A forward slash. <laughs> you still don't have the title of the song? I can get it from you. It's A C D. But there's no way I can get it from just that <laughs> spelling. It's not A C D. Um. Korean female singer. She's really good. Um, okay. I like the song. I like the ambiance of it. I don't know what she's saying, but that's not the point of music. Uh, I like the the. It's all about the the beats and like even the emotion of someone's voice when they're singing. Even if you don't know the language, you kind of just kind of understand what's going on a little bit. But this it. is a really good song, and it's okay. kind of like right up my alley. So. From the songs I've been choosing, you would kind of understand it when you hear it. What would you say the genre is? I don't know. Korean pop? No, Korean not pop. Korean pop. 
It's the <laughs> alternative. Well, I couldn't repeat what the song title was or who the band is, but uh, description <laughs> contains a link to our playlist yet again. Um, for my pick this week, uh, I was going back and forth on a few songs, but um, one of the things that's going on in our lives that I'm really excited for is concerts are finally happening again. Um, the last concert we were going to go to was Between the Buried and Me, which was which is one of my favorite metal bands, but that got canceled because it's it was in the middle of quarantine and then everything got canceled uh and that was at a time where we wanted to start going to more concerts so it was like the worst possible time for for us to want to go to concerts but suddenly now because of vaccinations they're starting to happen again and we've bought tickets to our first concert in like about a year uh-huh. or two almost uh and we're gonna go see uh don richard with purity ring so i decided to pick one of my favorite songs from purity rings newest albums I'm picking I Like the Devil from Purity Ring's 2020 album, Womb. It's just got this intense, it calms down for the chorus where she's saying, I like the devil can fly. So you're already given this misinterpretation by the title, but then it's got this intense, (laughs) it's got an intense beat for, um, yeah, shut up over there. (laughs) I don't know, the beat, the beat just like, takes you in a journey and i really like that song i think it's my favorite song from the album i really am excited to hear them play it live so jealous so yeah that's awesome that's my pick for the week and uh with that i think we're ready to take our break of the episode Mm -hmm. uh when we come back we're gonna complain (laughs) (laughs) with smiles and uh (laughs) laugh and keep bringing you guys um the the men of the cauldron of gaming so uh stay tuned we'll be right back Welcome back to the Cauldron of Gaming, the podcast for the witches, wizards, and magical of heart out there who like to listen, watch, and play things that are digital. I know that's not what I usually say, but I'm just recalling it off the top of my skull. But we're gonna move I like to on play to like the... ta- tactile. I like to play tactile games too. Sure, Jan. Actually, chess is great. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we're gonna move on to the meat and potatoes of our episode. Uh, what we don't like about games so we're just gonna throw it down i guess i want to open this with saying nobody's nerfed games included sometimes it's good to get it off our chest so we're going to discuss uh things in gaming that just tick us off grind our gears rub us the wrong way or just piss us off mm-hmm. do you want to start josh Sure. Actually, this is actually recent news, uh, and it's actually become more relevant in the more, I would say, more in recent gaming history, actually. Um, have you guys heard about the whole upgrading from PS4 to PS5 upgrade for Greedfall? No, but I did have to go through the PS4 to PS5 upgrade for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, so... hassle. <laughs> So crazy, yeah. So anyway, um, what uh, you what you could say it does kind of make me mad as a customer uh, is that knowing that okay, a game that 
I'm one of the people who actually got it as a PS Plus um, download. And if I want to get uh, be able to play it with the PS5 upgrade or the visuals, um, I have to I basically. I think I don't know if it's a if it's a upgrade like an upgrade cost or if it's going to be like a full game you have to buy. But basically, if you bought it originally, if you, if you actually paid for it, you'll get the upgrade for free. But if you got it as a PS Plus member on PlayStation, at least, uh, you have to pay for the upgrade. Um, I think that's bull hockey. I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people feel the same way. Um, it's just, it's kind of one of those things where it's um, indie developers have actually stated this pretty clearly on the PlayStation app platform is that they have to get permission to be able to put their games on sale. They have to get permission to be able to um, be able to do like a discount when the game first released. PlayStation has to approve that. And uh, of course, PlayStation doesn't do that. So um, the indie developers, and I'm sure customers kind of feel the same way, is that we are not getting the best value for a dollar to buy these, some of these video games. Uh, when they do go on sale, yes, awesome. Um, but like when I first come out, like let's say we were not, you're, you're not sure about even putting your toe in the water. And, but you, know, you say, oh, I can, buy, I can get this game $5, $10 off today if I buy it on day one. Sure, I'll try it. I'll buy it. You know what I mean? So um, that's like, um, this is a new problem. I think the yeah. first example we had of this was the control. Control is great. Yes. Another good example. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if you bought the game, yeah, sure. You got the game. But if you want to get the game again on your new system, you still got to pay. It's like, mm-hmm. what? What? Yeah. Why? Hey, yeah. It's like I, I remember I bought I bought the like was it the uh, the I always call the the like the most expensive edition of the game the Uber edition. I always call it that because to me Uber is not a driving service. Uber means quality. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's uh, that's so I always yeah I, I had the Uber edition of Control. I bought that, but I, don't, I can't remember if they said that that one was the one that you can get an upgrade for or not. I don't remember. I, I think it was on PlayStation Plus I got that, thankfully, because I was not going to pay that extra dough to play Control mm-hmm. with the improved performance on PlayStation 5, which I I beat that game on PlayStation 4. It had performance problems. I was playing sure. it on a standard PlayStation 4. I heard the PlayStation 4 Pro was better, but there were performance issues with that game. You're telling me everything is fixed now, but I have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. I paid full price for that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, we also have uh, the, what is it? We're getting a new part or basically a DLC for Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. And that one is, you can't buy it individually. You have to buy a whole new game to get it. You have to buy the basically the director's cut of the game to be able to get it. It's absolutely absurd. It's discounted if uh, you're upgrading, but still, like, you're still paying. You're still paying. I think uh, paying I mean, for I've... DLC is fair, but yeah, like like Final Fantasy VII, which I brought up earlier, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I didn't pay for the upgrade, but they did make me jump through hoops to do it. And mm. then I did have to pay for the DLC, which was the UV expansion. Twenty, I was like twenty dollars US dollars. Yeah, I still haven't bought it yet, but I hear I hear great things about it though. I will say I think it may be worth that twenty bucks. Right. Maybe not. Depends on what you get out of it. I spent well, like maybe eleven hours in it. See, there you go. I think you got your money's worth because the way I see it is when it comes to expanded gameplay is how many hours do you get out of it? Not what type of content you get, how many hours do you get out of it? 
Yeah, a lot so, of people were saying like five to six hours. I got 11. Um, yeah, so either way, even if you got five to six hours, if you think about it, I would say anywhere between seven to $10 an hour is how much DLC should be kind of valued at. Seven so, to $10 per hour? <laughs> I'm being fair. I'm being fair. Say, then it'd be like 60 I'm expecting, <laughs> but I'm looking at um, DLC being at least two hours of gameplay. Ah, uh, okay. Well, then this was a beefy DLC. Right. A great deal then. Yeah, that's the way I look at it because I don't like, because I'm so used to some of my games that I play, the DLC is typically anywhere from being $40 to the same price as the original game coming out. So it's kind of like, okay, great. But you're only giving me five, 10 hours of gameplay. Not okay. It's like, especially if this game doesn't have replayability, it's not okay. I like that you started (laughs) this list off with new problems. Yeah. (laughs) It's nice. I want to kind of, I'm going to try and keep some of it a little bit relevant. It's because not everybody who's listening to us may be legacy gamers. Trust. Minor kind of legacy issues. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to share it because some of the legacy issues, the legacy issues that we had back when we were like, you know, kids, teenagers into our early, early twenties and whatnot for us um, are still relevant issues now or things that we might still dislike now. Well, your, your issue, your complaint is valid and it really, it grinds my gears. It's one of the ones that I would agree with for sure. Breeze, complain. Uh, one of my complaints is kind of uh, it's towards like E3 and like trying to promote your game that maybe people don't know about or that are excited about. And it's usually like CG trailers, CGI uh. trailers. I can't stand CGI trailers. I feel like if you're going to promote a game, I need to see some gameplay. I need to see, even if it's early development or whatnot, I need to see something to convince me. So mm. when I see these fucking trailers with this fucking CG that is like beyond belief and beautiful, that's great. I, I'm glad you can produce that. I need to see what this game looks like. So I get really nervous during E3 and all these other platforms that kind of show like what games are coming out when they just play cg games um or trailers i can be nervous agree. yeah that's crazy. uh the outer worlds 2 had a cg trailer and it was notable because they were calling out the flaws in cg trailers they were like uh this character is running for some reason and this character is not showing his face because we actually don't have a character model nailed down for that and this is a trailer just to let you know that we're making the game. And it's like, mm-hmm. that was a hilarious trailer to call out CG trailers, but in the end, it still was a, a mm-hmm. CG trailer. <laughs> yeah, I hate those. And actually, cool thing too, Fabrice, that it's that what you're what you're complaining about is actually, I would say that's people started talking about that about what year, two years ago, about how it sucks that we have these trailers coming out, no gameplay. Yeah. I agree with you. I hardcore agree with you. Although I don't know why it's got this, I got this idea. Why don't there, why should there should be like two different types of film festivals or more, more where there's a film festival where you get to watch like indie films. Right. But then there's a film festival that is just like, you know, it's an event of just trailers for movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's disappointing actually when I see those. It doesn't get me excited for games anymore. No. I mean, I'm still happy to see stuff for Sifu. So, <laughs> yeah, but they're showing gameplay. I know they are. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess. Uh, I have a bunch, so we're just gonna go through these. <laughs> uh, my first one is over-sexualized females. I feel like really? this has always been a thing. Okay. Um, 
it's it's kind of always been an issue for me just because I'm not I'm I'm a I'm a male gamer I'm a cis male gamer, but I'm not straight. So um, sexualized female characters just has nothing for me unless they look really cool or have a cool personality. But that's not usually the case. Um, Scarlet Nexus. Um, it, it it occurred to me because there's this character. I think her name is Kyoko. Um, she's really sweet and she's a really cool character, but her boobs are like that's, triple K. That's not I, uncommon with Japanese games, my friend. I know it isn't, but it's like, <laughs> why do her boobs have to be so huge? Because well, like, it's a flood. It's not even flotation devices. She's covered up. Her her clothes are tight, which is how you can tell her boobs are really big, but it really bothered me when I first saw her it was like the first thing I noticed about her and it's like other other games where it's it's not just big boobs but it's like less clothing less coverage and it's like clothes that don't make sense when everybody else is like wearing clothes that make sense Um, I put this on my list too and a a really good example of this was kind a from the original near okay oh yeah you're right her her character design i'm sorry who and what thought that was practical at it's, all it's funny because in that game they call her out and being like why is she wearing lingerie about and like the explanation in the story is kind of like well she doesn't care like she doesn't care yeah. about what anybody thinks about her but at the same time her clothes are like so exaggerated where it's like her nipples are barely covered where you could see her cleavage and her under boob and you can see her whole ass where she could take a shit she could like squat and take a shit and not have to remove any clothing. It's like a little bit too much with her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 2B, I guess, uh, with the near automata in the sequel, she's over-sexualized, but it's kind of like, well, maybe humans, like you have to struggle to explain it, but it's like, why, why do I have to explain it in the first place? Like she could have just been like dressed normal because when i interact with people daily when i go out and uh see my friends who are women they're not dressed that way women Mm -hmm. don't dress that way unless you're going to the club and even then it's a little bit more modest than that right (laughs) like it's something that's bugged me about video games because like uh artists of course will go wild and like just want to show as much of the female body as possible when like people don't dress like that it and it doesn't make sense with the story sure. either like you when you have to struggle to explain why they're dressed that way it it bugs me mm. it really bugs me so that's one of that's something that grinds my gears yeah. okay. character character design for me has to be practical in any kind of environment or story that you're telling so it's some of these outfits i'm like what, what? Mm. <laughs> floss how do you guys feel about bayonetta Okay, so the thing about Bayonetta is I think her sexuality is explained um, through the gameplay and just who her character is. I think it makes sense with uh, her, mm-hmm. which is odd. Like, I feel like I think the reason why her costume makes sense is because she uses her sexuality as a weapon. And her hair is her weapon? Yeah. <laughs> and she she kind of uses it to humiliate humiliate. Uh, her enemies because she's so uh, confident Mm -hmm. and uh, she's like a special case like that's something that you could write uh like a dissertation about (laughs) because she's a unique case i feel like i think uh any has already done that my friend 
I don't know about the cauldron. I'm not speaking for the cauldron, but I support it. No, definitely. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say when it, when it comes to that um, personally, I sometimes I like it when it's practical too. Like monster enter is one of the best examples. I feel like the person should be wearing as much leather or whatever they can to protect themselves from getting their ass kicked by monsters. I don't like them showing a lot of, a lot of their skin. And metal armor that molds to your boobs doesn't make doesn't sense. protect you. <laughs> no. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree and with that's that. That's going to change too. Don't get me wrong, though. I do, but I I can sometimes appreciate the over sexualization of characters and video games and anime too. Sometimes, so absolutely. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, because I think because I still think about practicality as well. Uh, there is a, there are some characters in that I think are a little too got a little bit too much too much in the front that we wondered how much. How, if they haven't had surgery on their back yet to be able to handle that, how to handle well, all that. Like think of this too. Like when I think of practical female design, I think of Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. She wasn't really sexualized, but she's no, one of my yeah, favorite characters. Absolutely. That I've played mm -hmm. as in gaming recently. Mm -hmm. I, I never and actually I'm pretty sure that a character that's how she acts in that team that every time anybody ever mentioned anything about uh feminism or in any capacity. Or flirted with her or, or flirted anything. with her, she was not having it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah that's the thing so it's like that's her character um yeah i love it yeah yeah the only person that i think she ever felt that she was actually receptive to were two people um i can't remember their names anymore it was one of the it was one of the people from her tribe i can't remember his name um and then uh the guy with the weird facial hair and that that guy those are the only two people uh all these male characters at least that she didn't seem to have problems with weird facial hair I can't, yeah, it's like we're forgetting people's names. It's like a, a long is mustache it, without a beard. I forget his Does name. he have like a, a mohawk? Yes. Yeah, 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 that guy. Aaron, yes. Aaron. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I can't remember the guy. I can't remember the uh, guy from uh, from the Nora tribe. Mm. But I remember, like, I, I always thought the, the Sun King or whatever his name was, the emperor of that big city you went to, he mm -hmm. was flirting with her a little bit too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was, he was showing she, body and he was real sexy and she was like yeah, oh, I uh, yeah. and she wasn't having it but she didn't have, i don't know why i failed to mention him she didn't have a problem with him either other than that i'm actually i don't want to talk if anybody no one's played it i'm not going to talk about the whole thing between those two but she didn't have a problem with him either i think it just depended on who it was in the and end, she didn't flirt back with anybody no she really you kind of can with aaron kind of Horizon so. Zero Dawn. Oh, I can't wait for the sequel. That <laughs> I know. Was so fucking good. There was even like a side mission where this guy was like, hey, my husband designed the statue and they want to take it down because um, something about him. And it was a side mission where you're like, hey, keep the statue up, like in honor of that guy. And it was just like two men who were together treated just like as a normal thing, like not not even issue with that at all. So God, I love that game. Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn was so fun. That's how you do it. <laughs> Yo, Guerrilla Games knows what they're doing. Um, my complaint is that everybody else doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> okay, fair uh, enough. Yeah, oh, so, fair enough. so my complaint that grinds my gears is uh, over-sexualized females. Josh, okay. let's throw it to you for your next complaint. Okay, I would say uh, this is still kind of relevant to uh, gaming nowadays is uh, content gating. Um, where you either have to pay money to be able to play more of a game, or you might have to, like, for instance, luckily this got fixed with, um, at least with Mass Effect, it got fixed, where 
you can get all the DLCs now by buying Legendary Edition. But before you had to buy all this DLC that was honestly kind of pertinent to actually playing the game. <laughs> Especially yeah, in Mass Effect 3. That's the that's the example that came up when you brought that up is uh for me when Mass Effect 3 came out, they had day one DLC. And that was an issue with a lot of games, day one DLC. It's like, why wasn't that included in the game? Exactly. Pay ten um, more dollars first mm-hmm. day, get some well, vital content. Not just but also another thing that relates to content blocking is to um or gating is let's say you're in a game and it just progresses almost like it's very linear. You keep you keep progressing to all these checkpoints, and then all of a sudden something gets thrown in your way, and it's like, okay, now you have to go gather twenty of this item, and then you can proceed to the next part of the game. <laughs> or pay ten bucks, <laughs> or pay ten dollars to get to this. But yeah, it's it's like I wouldn't say it really grinds my gears because it's actually very common, but it is one of those things. Kind of like, well, great, you just like broke the immersion of the game. I hate it when things break the immersion of a game kind of a compound issue i just brought up actually content gating yeah and breaking, like- and breaking uh breaking yeah breaking what is it called uh, immersion yeah when when you're when you're playing a game and it says like pay 15 dollars or collect twenty five thousand gems it's something that i saw a lot in mortal kombat 11 which which is like it, it's like hey you can pay to just like automatically get through the game or you can spend 70 hours and get it for free (laughs) right that's that's shitty (laughs) Mm -hmm. because by 65 hours i might be sick of the game and not want to do it anymore (laughs) yeah when i could have paid 20 bucks and just like not done those 65 hours (laughs) absolutely there's a compound issue there's there's a compound issue right there for you well for me that really grinds my gears josh (laughs) (laughs) fabrice what about you do you have another oh, complaint or are yes. games perfect? No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> um, another complaint that grinds my gears is <laughs> escort quests. I fucking hate escort quests so mm. much. Rockstar is pretty bad at doing escort quests. Um, I just feel like it's a waste of time. Um, oh God, I'm glad somebody brought this up because it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> I now that you like- mention it, there's two things, two games that I remember that kind of have something similar to Escort Quest. Witcher 3 has a, like a side mission where you get attacked by these creatures called Neckers. And uh, what did you call me? I called you a Necker. <laughs> <laughs> You're a ghoul, my friend. And <laughs> anyway, you feast on corpses. Anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> a char- the character who gives you the quest help is asking you is asking you to you know help clear this field of these creatures. And what pisses me off is when you have characters that you have to basically escort. That if they die, you fail the mission. Um, there's that. There's that. Witcher has a quest like that. And then uh, I don't know why I'm, I just totally forgot about the second game. But <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. I, I I hate it. But I I understand where you're, I understand where you're coming from though. Yeah, there's one in particular I'm thinking about. Um, Metal Gear Solid 2, Emma. Do you remember her? Right. Oh my God. Uh, it's like you have no control. It's like everything just falls on these fucking characters that you have to escort, and there's nothing. You do as much as you can, and so there's sometimes you just they won't move unless there's one more person you need to kill so they can keep on going forward. It's just so time consuming and a waste, and I can't, I fucking hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Rockstar is really bad 
really bad at escort uh, what do you think about games like resident evil 4 or eco uh where escort mission is pretty much the majority of the game yeah. it's a chore Okay. I, I feel like uh, if I'm going to throw my thoughts in eco, um, it's it's interesting to have to solve puzzles where you get across, but then you also have to figure out how Yorda is going to get across too. Right. But then when you're in an an, an an area where monsters are coming and especially flying monsters and they come pick her up and fly off and you have to like figure out where they're going. That sucks. That's so shitty. Uh, same thing with Resident Evil 4 with Ashley. If she gets picked up and she's like, Leon! Oh, Leon! That's <laughs> shitty too. Like, like make a can't... co-op game instead. <laughs> right. where, where somebody else can play as her and hold the gun and hold their own. Because right. then I won't mind escorting you because we can at least both do our own thing. Mm-hmm. And Everyone's, this person's the two of, yeah, two parties are chipping in as opposed to this, this shitty person who's not doing anything. If it was co-op, I mean, it's a different story. I don't mm-hmm. mind that. I remember the game I was thinking about, uh, Bloodborne. Bloodborne, when you fight one of the first bosses, a character helps you fight the boss. I can't, it's like the very, I think it's like the first boss you have to fight to actually be able to like move to another part of the city. Um, he turns into like a werewolf type thing. Um, mm, Father Gascoigne. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but it's a female character. She jumps out and tries to help, helps, helps you fight him. And yeah, she died for me <laughs> while I was fighting him. But I was able to beat him, but she died. <laughs> so it sucked. It sucked. Fuck, I think I missed that when I played it this last time. Mm-hmm. But I was really so. proud because I never beat him on my own. I always summoned somebody online to help me with that. that oh, okay. Was so hard. Yeah, it's not really an it's not really an escort quest, but though I think one of the reasons why it's really cool to have her if you can help her if you can kill him without her dying is you it can helps. get. It helps, and you can get her weapon. You can get her weapon too later in Speaking the game. Of which we're going off topic, but I realized that if Fabrice wants to play Bloodborne, we could totally join him online and be his escorts. I still haven't. I haven't even. I've barely played it myself, my friend. <laughs> well, that's okay. We could help each other. We could help you too. <laughs> I beat yeah. the game. I beat the game. Did you get? Did you get all? Did you get the the Uber ending? Where you I think fight I did. The... Yeah, where you fight the moon presence. Yeah, and moon I, presence. Yeah, yeah. Totally Good for you, man. I also cool. beat the DLC, so that's awesome. And myself. Okay. How far did you get down into the uh was it the 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 dungeon thing? I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> I never did that shit. <laughs> okay. That's cool though. Like that's something I want to try and do when I play the game is get all the um, get all the umbilical cords. Oh, those are easy. There's just three, and they're easy. It doesn't get. matter. Still have guide. to get. Still have to get them. <laughs> all right so escort missions yeah, that I, really grinds my gears <laughs> so i guess it's uh my turn to i think i'm going to combine two of mine because okay. these are both things in japanese games that bug me okay uh i put them as two categories so i'm just going to combine them into one so we can save on time uh my first complaint is cutesy naive characters and cutesy mascot characters. Oh. Those really fucking bug me. Like, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet Nexus doesn't have those. I can't really think of characters like that in that game. But when I think of um, 
the Tales of series or even the newer uh-huh. Star Ocean games. Um, uh-huh. I just hate. Oh, oh, and and uh, Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, the new one I played. There was there there was two examples of each, or one example of each of those. I just can't stand it. Like I want to travel with people who are capable, who understand what we're doing, and maybe they have a unique personality and personality traits and flaws, but not cutesy, naive. Like, what are you doing here? I would kick you out of my group. What are you? Get out of here. Especially like a cute little like floating ball of fuzz. Like that's annoying to me. Get out of here. You're not even helping. Like you can hold a sword. Okay. Well you die immediately. And I have to use like a Phoenix down or whatever the revival item in this universe is to get you up. And then you're just going to be like, thank you, master. I love you. Oh my God. I hate that shit. I, it bugs me. Like, I just want to like wrap my hands around where I can find the neck and slowly apply pressure skip a few of the steps and then find a burial plot dig up the dirt place the evidence and bury it deep and then walk away and not have anything else to do with it Mm -hmm. it sounds like a (laughs) like an anime problem it's It's a problem i have with anime it's it's just in it's in a lot of japanese mediums so yeah but yeah, I don't think I've experienced a lot of those mm-hmm. in gaming. Well, I guess what I've been playing, um, I don't know. But I do agree. I think mm-hmm. cutesy, I, it's still I, a little too much. I can add a little bit to it. For me, it's not so much that they're cutesy. It's just like if they're like scaredy cats. Well, that too. I wouldn't hire cutesy, you. Cutesy if, this were, yeah. if, if you were applying for the job to be part of my party, I'd be like, mm-hmm. let's not hire that one. Yeah, I think you I think you I think you gotta like find a group of people, man, who play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I think uh as episodes go on and if people are uh following us and uh subscribing, <laughs> they would realize that I there's a lot of anime tropes that like really bug me. Oh, Even man. though I do watch anime, like I used to watch a lot more of it back then, but like I think these things have really worn on me to the point where it's really hard for me to trust watching new anime. Sure. Especially playing anime games. Not games necessarily based on an anime, but games that have an anime style. Mm. Uh, I used J- JRPGs, I, I kind of accredit to getting me into games, but they're egregious of those same sins. And oh, then yes. these days, I just feel like even more and more, it's a lot worse if I pick the wrong game. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really hard for me to get into like an anime style game. Scarlet Nexus, I would say, doesn't really fall into these sins. It's got a great story, great battle system. It's just egregious of other sins. Mm-hmm. Which well, I might get play into. More, definitely play more Code Vein. Play Code Vein. Code Vein, yeah. Code, well, Code Vein falls into the sin of the first one I mentioned, over-sexualized the, the, females. Cause huh. Do you remember the girl that gets paired with you? She's just covered in bandages yeah but but i don't the boobs. thing is the thing is, i don't look at her like that though i don't look at her like that her nipples are barely covered in the bandages. Right. so is her vagine her down right. sure she's an en- enigmatic character full of mystery but we're still seeing most of her body mm-hmm. <laughs> but since i'm somebody so used to anime tropes it doesn't bother me see okay so if i could what i really i i draw for 
listeners out there who don't know, I, I draw and I'm, I'm trying to design my own stories. I have a lot of stories in my brain that I just design characters mm-hmm. for. And I feel like I don't do that to females where I'm just like trying to reveal as much of their body as possible. Like we were talking about, we're going backwards, but like I said, like be practical, not only about how they're designed in their clothing, but like maybe their personalities too. This is where mm-hmm. I'm going with that, I guess. Like real people have struggles and evolve from their struggles. And if somebody's just going to be cutesy and naive, I don't think they're ready for what we're about to do, which oh. is going to be going to go kill the god. Because mm-hmm. you're eventually you're always going to go kill a god. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're ready for this. Get out of here. Especially the sometimes those characters do have arcs that change like their personality change like kind of their par- like what they're about what they're doing but also their storyline kind of reveals why they're that so, way too yeah it's i mean there's there's a good and bad with these mm-hmm. um i i mean it can't it can't get annoying but i think if they kind of showcase how and why they're that way or however else they became so I think you're right. I think it it kind of changes the factors and I kind of like let go a little bit. What what you're saying brings a specific character to mind where I didn't mind it. And it's Final Fantasy 13, the character Vanille. Mm -hmm. She's kind of a cutesy, naive character, but she has so much character development and she's a well-rounded, developed character where you kind Mm -hmm. of find out why she's the way she is. And also that she's had like a, hard 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 life and everything she's doing is difficult for her she's probably one of the strongest people on your party so mm-hmm. you can do it right i just feel like the reason i put it on this list is because mostly it's done wrong sure yeah i can't argue that yeah well that's what really grinds my gears <laughs> <laughs> josh let's go back to you why don't you complain mm. a little bit more Okay, how here we go. Sequels, sequels. So, um, if they're a sequel or not really sequel, franchise games, we'll go with franchise games. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Pokemon. <laughs> so, uh, there's like over 600, I don't know, plus Pokemon in the games. And you would think that with each iteration of the generational games, that um, if you're able to like, you know, have a transfer system where you can transfer characters or decisions that you make from game to game that they're either going to be in the game or your decisions previously from the game impact, impact your, impact have an impact on the games that you play. Mass Effect is like, I don't know, Mass Effect's like, I don't know why. I feel like Mass Effect Legendary Edition is like a redemption story for, for Bioware and Mass Effect. It really, it's weird. Um in being the able series to, they already did <laughs> exactly but hey it, i mean think about all of the controversy with mass effect 3 uh, 3 loaded out on the internet and to the people of the of the gaming universe uh it's just it mass effect 3 was almost like almost a, almost not no I, i'm using a terrible word here but almost like a shit stain it's not though <laughs> so it's um it's just you know like being able to play be able to be able to play your games and to see some of your decisions actually have an impact on the story um is awesome in mass effect you actually kind of get to see that even like decisions you made in the first game you'll see consequences in the third game for making them it's awesome uh, that's what i appreciate but now i said i was talking about like pokemon so i did a little i did a second segue but it's more or less just care, save say your saves your decisions carrying over and then 
the Pokemon, it's your Pokemon being able to transfer your Pokemon from game to game. And with so Pokemon Sword and Shield really messed that formula up, made it so because they did not want to make the character the character models for you know the 600 plus Pokemon that they have in the game. They got no offense, but they got lazy. Game they, freak. They make so much money. They exactly lazy for sure. Yeah. That's why people were fucking pissed. Right. <laughs> so that's that's it. So you know what? Yeah. So if you really want to throw a wrench in my gears, it's you know, you know, basically destroy all the time I spent playing with a game series. See, and I'm already shit, getting pissed too. Yep. So. And sh- and and just and just take a shit on me. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> the word of the week: shit. <laughs> yes. So I, yeah, I I think yeah, it's just. You know what, what's really so you're awesome saying is- like like games where you can continue your progress from uh, a franchise point to the sequels, mm-hmm. but they're not willing to put in the work for you to actually get that promise fulfilled. Yeah, to feel yeah, to actually feel like what you what you the time you put into it, you actually get a payout for it. Yeah, absolutely. Because playing video games is still a time sink. It's still a time investment. And I'd say those- like games like that are kind of unique. Like you brought up Mass Effect and they did it right. Pokemon does it wrong. Or they did it they and ultimately did it wrong. They ultimately did it wrong. But I can't even think of other games that you would um put in this category. Would it just be Pokemon that we I guess like I guess Pokemon Pokemon, Mass Effect, Dragon Age. Most like what mostly I'd say mostly. Dragon Age was okay, so Dragon Age um one and two are on the same console but then dragon age dragon age inquisition was on the next generation of consoles Mm -hmm. and carrying my progress over was impossible you just had to go on a website and like put on put on like take a quiz and say these are the choices i made Mm -hmm. there's that but you can also you can't upload your save file to that website it didn't work for me and and when i did that quiz and then i I played Dragon Age Inquisition. It was like unable to verify data and it didn't let me do it yeah. anyway. So yeah, that was a fail of Dragon Age also. I'm sure there's other games that do that. I, I know I know there's other games that do this. I just can't think of, at the, I'll top my head right now. I can't, oh, uh, Ark the Lad does this too, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's, I, I don't know if you, I'm not, I'm not sure if it, how it plays out. Cause I remember, I'm pretty sure you can do a game crossover, whatever it's called uh for from the first arc to the second to the third i have those games and i've never played them i like uh, them. i like uh, them. an the, egregious the, sin of mine the second game is phenomenal you could beat the first game like in le- less than 12 hours i think uh but the second game is where to me is worse at for arc the lad well you know what josh what you said especially pokemon I think listeners can tell that it really grinds my gears. <laughs> what about you, Febreze? Do you want to complain some more? Another complaint that I have, it's either, it outweighs itself sometimes, good or bad, but it's um, AI companions. Sure. Um, some games, they're a little too much of a distraction. Um there's some good examples like haunting grounds uh huey was one of the best ai companions i've ever had um but it's just always getting away or like sheva alamar which is heal me when i don't need to be healed wasting miss mp or whatever precious. resource they have yeah precious yeah. health that i we could have saved but she just decides to heal me or right. 
uh got it, it, even though if it's storyline like god of war with his son after a while he becomes a little terror and it's like there's nothing you can do to control him mm-hmm. there's like this lack of god of war like that one can be forgiven because it was like story. I said it was story. I just said that it was story. Yeah, I know that, but it was still frustrating on my end. <laughs> I like, think what you're saying, like the first thing that came to mind for me was The Last of Us. Because sure, the um, having Ellie with you or um, the the different partners you have with you in The Last of Us Part Two, it's like you're doing stealth and you're hiding, but then your yeah. partner, especially Ellie in the last first part, she's like running around. She runs right in front of a clicker and yeah. then runs next to you and like nothing happens. It's like, well, <laughs> yep. Yep. they have plot armor. You don't. <laughs> they have plot armor. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Mm. Yeah, she's a good I example. Agree with that. Yeah. Or there's some games that make it where it's stealth and they can screw you over. Is that a thing? Because that would piss me off. That would be a bad game. I'm pretty. Or there's some games where like you'll see enemies and you want to pull them to get. You want to get one of them or two of them to come to you, but you don't want the whole group to come to you. And then you try to go. You try to creep up and pull a mass effect. That's a good example of this, where you try to just like pick off one or two people, or you get into a position where you can only you're only able to engage one, but your your teammates come around the corner and start blasting and shooting them too. And you're like, no, that's not what I told you to wait over there. I feel like you're talking about Mass Effect also for me because you can stealth in that game to like, like have like a, yeah. an assault, like an ambush on an enemy. But like, I feel like that's the game I was thinking of. Cause I was like, what's that game where I was trying to sneak up on somebody and my teammate was like, it does it like i mean i i think drag i think bioware is notorious for their characters just being like i'm gonna do whatever the hell i want oh you want me you told me to heal all the time sure yeah i'm not only like, gonna use my powers i'm also gonna use our, an- our antidotes i'm gonna use our potions it's like okay there's enemies down there uh liara you're gonna hide there and garris you're gonna hide there and then i'm gonna hide here and then Liara's just like, yep, 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 yep. I'm gonna hide on this side of the rock, not that side you told me to. It's like, God damn it! I, I, but this is something in all game. I think, but we're we're focusing on one game in particular. But a lot of games suffer from AI pathing and uh, just not meshing with your style of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, do you have any other examples of that, Febreze? Uh, no, I'm good. Well, you know what that that whole thing just like i said especially in mass effect because i was like trying to think of that example like when was it that they disobeyed me it really grinds my gears <laughs> yeah what about you josh do you have any more complaints i'm trying to think because i think i like i kind of nailed most of my stuff yeah you know, yeah i think i nailed most of it because i like some of the franchises that i really like really like nowadays could care less about the quality of the story it's like what do you got for me for gameplay now that i mentioned it yes okay so this comes with characters <laughs> this comes with character design actually it's kind of like how frankie you were talking about but for me it's about how items clip um your clothes clip so like you know if you're wearing yeah like you're wearing if you're if your character's wearing a dress and you have a long sword and your sword, long sword is cutting through the dress and it keeps every time you walk the sword comes out of the dress and nothing's happened to the dress it's just it's sometimes you want to make your character look as awesome as you possibly can right but you can't because the sword or the weapon or the shield that they're holding does not it just clips through the armor or clips through something they have or your hair clips through the 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 frill of your neck it's like good god <laughs> i think yeah 
that's that's a really good complaint and i didn't even think about it and it's happening to me with scarlet nexus i don't know if fabrice has noticed because he watches me play sometimes but you can customize your characters in scarlet nexus and there's this um this customization i really like where you can have like angel wings and i equip them to all my main characters that i use but when storyline missions happen they always do a viewpoint where uh it's behind my character looking at another character and there's just it's just a shot of a wing. <laughs> yeah. Or you better or better yet, when you go into cutscenes too, like let's say you have weapons right on your back and you go into cutscene, your weapons just disappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or your this is a good example. Mass Effect once again is like what Pi bring it up again, is that um or any game is that like you your character will have a specific awesome weapon where you'll have an awesome weapon and then when the cutscene happens, you're using the default pistol or the default rifle. Mass Effect's yeah. a great example of this because you may not even have the rifle. You want it, but you don't have it. And your character uses a pistol and a submachine gun and all of a sudden it's holding a it's holding a rifle. It's like, why give you the customization options? What ticks me off is games where you're wearing a completely different outfit and the, the cutscene is you wearing the default outfit. That's an egregious sin. Also, Which is Horizon saw. Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn does that to you. Yeah, and like um, in this is another sin from Scarlet Nexus that I just wasn't thinking about. It's like, why give you these customization options when they just clip through the standard uh, character model? Because a lot of my characters, if I put a mask on them, it just clips with their hair. And it's like, why would they be allowed to wear that then? Like, why, why didn't they just like think of this and have it I don't know, just like if if they were gonna put it in, they should have put it in the work where the hair curves around it or something, is all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> or make it so like you know, I think in some like, you know, if you're wearing a helmet, your hair, even if you have long ass hair, it still goes in the helmet, which makes sense because you have to fit it in the helmet. But why don't you just make it so that when they're you say you're wearing a you have a hood or you have something that's where the hood is down, you have long hair, it just makes it so it naturally puts your hair in a ponytail. You don't have control over it because it would not work with the character naturally like that. Yeah, and I understand like cloth physics are hard, but then like make the cape work if you're going to put it in the game Mm -hmm. (laughs) or don't put it Mm -hmm. in at all. Mm -hmm. That's there's some I can't remember any, I can't remember the game off the top of my head, but I usually will like make sacrifices for weapons that I'll use because it clips through the armor that I'm wearing. (laughs) Code Vein does that too, actually, because you can can, can really uh, customize your character in that game too. And there was a lot of clipping with my character. Yeah. When I saw the first storyline, uh storyline uh i don't know scenes with my character i was like oh my god this is not gonna work because he had these capes on his arms and his back and then the storyline started and they were just like clipping through him like crazy <laughs> it was like what <laughs> <laughs> i and I, get, I get it too it's just it's just crazy like there's some games um like i think horizons Zero dawn is one of the few games i can remember off that made us agree now that there's not a lot it really isn't there's not a, there is clipping in that game too but not a lot of clipping uh, the only thing that grinds my gears in that one is just that you know you'll have let's say you 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 saw a video on YouTube and you found out how to get that best armor in the game uh, yeah. early and you go into one of the areas one of the main areas where you actually find out about what Horizon what what Project Zero Dawn is and she's in her in all the cutscenes she's in her default Nora costume. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah I hate that. I hate that shit. I'm yeah. really glad you brought that up because that's. <sighs> I didn't even think about it, but that's like one of the top things that really grinds my gears in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Fabrice, do you have any more complaints? 
No, I think I covered. Uh, oh my! Y'all are oh done my. complaining. I have four more. <laughs> <laughs> I can go through them quick. And sure. Yeah. Sure. So this is a thing I see in a lot of games, but it was in a game that I saw recently. Um, it's on rails controls. So there are on rails games that I love, like Res. Um, which you can experience in Res Infinite that has been re-released for VR and current consoles. That's a great on-rails game. Uh, Panzer Dragoon, Star Fox, games like that. Uh, Journey. Uh, fuck, I forgot. Abzu Fabri- has it too, actually. Fabrice yeah. stepped away, but... Uh, he did. I, I'm really wishing that I could recall the name of that game. When he comes back, I'll, I'll think of it. But right. on-rails controls is what I'm talking about. It's when there's pre-dermant predetermined predetermined paths and controls uh the last game that was guilty of this was raji um it was a game i was really excited for because it had like indian culture in it and such a cool game yeah but it's just like let me jump where i want to jump and move where i want to move instead of doing it for me uh the controls were it's like i would jump but it just gave me no control over it. it was like i would press x and then the character would do something for me i would press uh, direction and jump and it was just like somebody was playing the game for me and it really I couldn't even get past the beginning of that game because it pissed me off so bad it's something I don't see a lot but it's something that really grinds my gears and I really hated it and I'm glad that I don't see that happen often in gaming but did you play Raji because it sounds like I didn't I did I started playing Raji I think I played like three or four hours of Raji I I think it's a great game I got to the basically I finished the We'll call it the chapter one area. Do you know what I'm talking about then? Because he played it like maybe I don't know. I mean, I didn't feel like when I told her to jump and do things, it made sense to me how it was working. I guess for me, it just felt like a, a portion of my control was taken away. Okay. No, I didn't, I didn't. When I played Raj, I didn't. I didn't feel like I experienced that at all. To be honest with you, but maybe you got further. I didn't beat it though. So I didn't beat it either. But like I said, okay. I couldn't get past the beginning. Uh, glad you're back, Fabrice. Uh, what was that game that has? Queen Latifah do the narration and it's like really beautiful and neon. Sayonara Wild Hearts. Sayonara Wild Hearts. Okay, so that's on rails, but it's a good game. <laughs> so my my second of my last complaints is lackluster endings, uh, which I've brought up on this podcast before, El Shaddai, but I'm also going to bring up Killer is Dead, is games that had such a terrible ending where it felt like the whole game was kind of discredited it almost felt like what i did wasn't even worth it and those were games that i took back and traded in right after i beat them i don't know if you guys have played games like that where the ending was so bad where you're like where you felt like everything you did to get to that point wasn't worth it yeah like mass original mass effect yeah absolutely mass effect 3. absolutely yeah <laughs> uh another thing i was going to say which which actually is kind of um a, a new gen problem is uh, lack of backwards compatibility. Because oh, there fuck are you, of- PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. There fuck are, off. There's tons of games I want to play again, and also a ton of games I never got to play in the first place. But basically because of this, games are being lost to the darkness of history just because we can't access them anymore. Excuse me. And they're not manufacturing PlayStation 1s anymore or PlayStation 2s. Uh, I don't think they're manufacturing PlayStation 3s anymore. These systems, Dreamcast, uh, Sega Genesis, 
uh, these things are hard to find. And sure, you can get like updated systems that have games pre-built into them. But like, what about those games that you that aren't on there that you do want to play? Mm-hmm. It's hard to find these things. And uh, backwards compatibility could solve these problems, but it's just not a big focus for these companies anymore. And it's like, we grew up with games. We have a history of games and they're just like being erased except from our brains. I see him waving. Who are you waving at? My birds. Oh, your birds. <laughs> so I guess, I guess my last thing here is um, too much repetition or filler in games. Sure. And I was, I, I my only note here is that I don't mind some filler, but just keep it to a tolerable level. Uh, I was talking about Scarlet Nexus before, but like I said, they're they're doing like a rinse and repeat kind of thing towards the end here which is making it hard for me to actually have the motivation to beat the game sure. which sucks because i like the game but it's just i'm getting bored like do less of that it really grinds my gears so to speak <laughs> and with that those are my last complaints and i think uh you guys said that you're drained of complaining now Oh, I, I have like so many things I could talk negatively about the game industry. So it's such an easy topic. That's why it's one of the reasons why I got really into like uh, got more, let's say more invested in the video games. So thanks to you, Mass Effect 3, you're the reason why I am the way I am today. <laughs> After 24 episodes of talking about how much we love games, we've really just had to get it off our chest. I appreciate this. I, I, really, I really appreciate this. I'm glad you brought up backwards compatibility because yes, that is a huge problem. I mean, it's, it's a massive problem. I mean, like, how much, how much would I, I would love it so much if my PS5 could play all of my PS, all my PlayStation library. That'd be we amazing. Love, we love video games. This is the whole reason we started this podcast in the first place. But just like America, you can't love something without criticizing it just because you want it to be better. Tomorrow War is a great example of that. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you criticize something and you have problems with it doesn't mean you don't love it. Exactly. Just, That's true. You see it in a way where it could be better. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, I don't know how how soon I'll be be beating Monster Hunter Stories 2, but I'm sure I'll have plenty of good and bad to say about it. And I'm enjoying the game right now. But it, has pro- it does have problems, though, but I still like it, though. And granted, two weeks when our next episode is out, I'm still going to be talking about Scarlet Nexus because I'm going to push myself through it and I still have to play it again. Guess what comes out in five days? Huh? Skyward Sword. Fuck, are you kidding me? Yeah, this Friday. Fuck. Yeah. I can't wait to play (laughs) the game. A controller. A controller. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm excited to play that Zelda. I really am. I get because I get to use an actual controller to play the game and not a not motion controls. I hate Canada. This is why our podcast is rated explicit. (laughs) Fuck! I really want to play that game. Yeah. Oh my god, my backlist, my backlog. Yep. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. Let me know when you decide to get it and you decide to play it. Because I guess I'll I'll play it too. I am gonna play it either way, but I want to play it when somebody else is playing. Complaints. No complaints. <laughs> my last complaint is my backlog. <laughs> Too many games coming out. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, yep. Y'all done complaining? We ready to close out the episode? Yeah, I think so. Work it. You work it. Nope. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm going to work it. 
Special thanks to Anchor.fm for hosting and distributing our podcast. You can visit our website at anchor.fm slash TCOG. And if you'd like to reach out and ask us questions or give us feedback directly, you can find us on Twitter at Cauldron Gaming or email us at thecauldronofgaming at gmail.com. Make sure you uh, reach out if you understand that Sheena Ringo uh, reference we mentioned before. Extreme gratitude goes to Naughty Bits for providing us with the primary music we use on our show. To find out more about him, find his music on SoundCloud at Naughty Bits, all one word, or check out the description of the episode for the link. We shuffle through classic tracks throughout the history of gaming for our outros. So be sure to check out the episode descriptions for more information on that as well. Uh, also check this also check the description below for the link to our cauldron music picks playlist on spotify for a collection of our episodic ads to a cool list of music you can kick back to please rate please rate god damn it please rate review and subscribe to our little podcast on the listening platform of your choice it really helps us get out there and we'd love to connect with more gaming witches wizards and the magical of heart out there. Laissez les bon temps rouler. Be you. Be kind. Game on.